On this episode of Belonging, the show for young Catholic adults, we'll talk to Bill Staley, the Director of Youth and Young Adults with the Diocese of Nashville. We look at, at what we do through the three transcendentals, and we ask ourselves, is it good, is it beautiful, and is it true? Because those three transcendentals, no matter what kind of human you are, no matter whether you're far left, far right, dead center, wherever, those are attractive to you. So how can we propose the faith with those tools? Next. This program is made possible by the generous donations of Jeannie and Bill Stayskull, members of Christ the King Parish in Nashville, and by a grant from the Cook Foundation. Take advantage of the many opportunities for young people in the Nashville Diocese to connect and find belonging. Like University Catholic, a community of college-age students who are serious about their faith and unite in fellowship and friendship to deepen their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Go to universitycatholic.org to find out more. You can also connect with young Catholics like you by attending events like Summit Music City. It's a night of music followed by adoration and reconciliation. It's free and open to young people of all faiths. Go to soundscatholic.com. To find the right young Catholic connection for you, call the Catholic Youth Office of the Diocese of Nashville, 615-645-9762. Hello and welcome to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio. Belonging is a place where young adults can find connection and rest and encouragement on their journey with Jesus Christ. And each week we interview people and in, in detail different parts of young adult life, whether it be finances, relationships, and we do a lot of different interviews, have a lot of great guests. Uh, my name is Zach Jansen. I grew up here in Middle Tennessee. I'm a recent graduate of Beaumont University in Nashville. Uh, each week we're joined by co-host Father Gervon, the chaplain at University Catholic and does a lot of great work for the diocese. And this week we have a very special guest, Mr. Bill Staley, who also was with the Diocese of Nashville. He's a very busy man. He came up here huffing and puffing. Anyways, Bill, thank you for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Um, I'm the director of youth and young adult ministry for the diocese, so I appreciate what this show's done for our young adult community in Nashville. Yeah, so I understand you already know Father Gervon as well, unfortunately. I do, I do. <laughs> we have a past. No, Father G and I uh, met. He, I, I knew him uh, as a seminarian, and then he was ordained. Where were you, the class of 2015? 2014. 2014. The nine. The Nashville nine, yeah. And uh, I began working with the diocese in 2010 as the coordinator of youth ministry. And I just rounded out 10 years um, in August, and I've never applied for another job. This is like my passion and what I think God built me as a human being to do. And so I, I really enjoy it from my walk with teenagers to uh, helping support our pastors and our, our priests do their ministry, their wonderful ministry. And of course, ultimately um, serving as um, bishop's delegate to the young church of Middle Tennessee. So wow. uh, Bishop uh, Choby and Spalding have both been excellent shepherds and I've been privileged to serve underneath them. Oh, that's amazing. I recognize you just had a, had a birthday as well. I did. I did. I am in my mid-30s now, which is weird. Um, um, I have to ask, I just turned 24. Where were you when you were 24 and thinking about life and where you'd be going next? Were, so, were you scared? Or, were I you was in Tennessee, at, first of all, too. I was in Tennessee. I was in Chattanooga at 24, and I... Uh, I was working for a publishing house, and I, I was this really cocky guy. I uh, told the CEO in my interview, uh, he said, where do you see yourself in five years? And I said, having your job. <laughs> and he just was like, okay, I'm surprised he hired me. <laughs> but I had worked there um, for about a year and a half, and uh, I really liked marketing, and um, which is kind of cool how God puts things in your life 
it puts tools and experiences for you to use them later. And so um, I came back to do a youth leadership workshop, which was a program our diocese offers for mm-hmm. juniors and seniors. And it's basically a leadership institute through the lens of our Catholic faith. And I came back as an adult volunteer, and my predecessor was leaving, and they were looking for a replacement and just hadn't found the right person. And they said, you know, oh, you should apply for this job. And I was like, no, I'm going to be a CEO, be rich, have a Porsche, you know, you know, all this stuff. And uh, so your first instinct was, no, I don't really want to. No, no. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Why would you? Right? Yeah. It's fun to come back for a four day retreat, like youth leadership, but I'm not yeah. going to, you know, hook, line and sinker my career. So you thought about the decision then? Well, and Father, Father Nick Allen actually said, well, just pray about it, pray about it, pray about it. So I went home and I prayed about it and I had had such a great experience working with the teens and I gave a talk that youth leadership workshop about uh, the new evangelization. Um, and so, uh, and I was just a catechist at my parish in Chattanooga. That's yeah. a, that's the extent of my work with with the young church. And so uh, I prayed about it. And two weeks later, I called Father Nick and applied formally. And a month after he initially told me to pray about it, I was in a U-Haul sitting in traffic on 24, coming back to Nashville. Well, so you were in the old diocese and office, which was on oh, what is that street name? West in Nashville. End. Thank you, West oh End gosh. Avenue. So it's come a long way to this building. Now. It has, it has. Uh, me and Sally Corby, which I got to say, Sally Corby's a saint. God love her. If you're listening, Sally, I love you. Um, funniest story with Sally Corby ever. Um, <laughs> we were at the cathedral in that office yeah. at St. Albert Hall. And uh, we always got, we helped the cathedral staff field all the people. That church gets attacked. Father G, you live there. You know yep. that it's constantly being, you know, doors being knocked on. Help me with this. Help me with that. Yeah. And it's like a myriad of things. It's not just like one thing. It's so this, this guy comes up and he says, hey, um, me and my fiance are trying to find the engaged couple meeting. Will you help us? And there's three stories to St. Albert Hall. Yeah. And so Sally and I said, sure, we'll help you. And so he, we said, you go to the first floor. We'll cover the second floor. Um, so Sally Corby and I stumbled upon um, the meeting, and Sally's 48 years older than me. And we walked into this meeting with, like, the pastor and, like, all these couples. Oh, and no. it's, like, this joint meeting. And Sally and I said, is this the engaged couples meeting? <laughs> oh. Everybody looked like they were about to die. Everybody looked like they were about to die. And it, <laughs> one of the most bizarre, because <laughs> like we looked at each other, and as soon as we did, we were like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> we are not a couple. We are not a couple. So, uh, but yeah, we were on West End Avenue, and uh, we do all of our retreats out at Marymount and Camp Hillmont, and it's been a great 10 years so, since. What kind of retreats are you leading out there, I guess, at Marymount? Is it for the high schoolers, the college kids? Yeah, the high schoolers mostly. Uh, we have the search for Christian maturity retreat search, mm-hmm. uh, which is actually turning 50 in April, 50 years. It's been going in our diocese. You, did you go to search when you were in high school? I made search 229 in November of 2003. Oh my God. What's actually funny now. Um, and you know, Cardinal, uh, forget the Cardinal, but there was a Cardinal, uh, who, who said to the government a couple years ago, um, you know, you see the work of the Holy spirit in 2020, uh, or in hindsight, you know, it's perfectly 2020. You see where the Holy spirit's been. You can't see in the future, but you know where the Holy spirit's been in hindsight. Mm-hmm. And he was, um, speaking to that. Um, oh gosh, I just lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? Oh, search, search, hindsight, hindsight. Cardinal. Oh yeah. The carton. Sorry. And so with, with this hindsight, um, you see the Holy Spirit at work. So at my search in November of 2003, there was this guy. He's not short, but he, I'm definitely taller than him. Um, 
and his name was Andy Bolso, who has now been ordained, and yeah. he is now our office's chaplain. And he was standing next. We looked up the picture because we take a picture of each retreat, and we were standing right next to each other. Like, it's bizarre. Uh, but, yeah, he's our office's chaplain now. on the same search retreat. We were on the same search retreat. He was a junior. I was a senior. And, uh, yeah, standing right next to each other. And we, we joke that that's pretty cool. But Father Bolso father, fo- followed Father Ben Butler, who fo- followed Father Javon, who followed—you came in after Father Nick, right? Yes. Yes. So, yeah. Came in as far as, like, chaplain. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah, I was entering for a couple, a couple of months. Like, yeah, just for a couple of months. And then and I've been there for three years, four years. You were there, yeah, three and a half years. Three and a half years. So, yeah. And so he uh, did all the retreats with us. We've been all over the world, um, and that's really crappy right now because we want to get out and travel. And COVID's just oh, cramping you, our style. He's been leading the trips all over the like the country yeah. and the world too. We're not yeah. leading them, but maybe. <laughs> yeah, we did World Youth Day in 2016. Um, we went to Poland. Went oh, to you Poland, went to that. and that's really popular with our young adults. Um, we took 30 folks back in 2016 to Poland. Um, well, what can you say about World Youth Day? I remember getting the invitation to it. I didn't really know what it was at all is it not just you obviously it's everybody right but world youth day is like what heaven's going to be like i think okay Something because like it's people from all different cu- cultures all around the world all crammed in and hanging out everybody's having a good time people are chanting constantly but world youth day is just fantastic so there's all these catechetical sessions and you like go to these big arenas like imagine going to bridgestone arena and there's four million catholics in nashville and we're all eating hot chicken no, i'm kidding um we had pierogies <laughs> in poland uh, but we, we go to these catechetical sessions by language, and then it culminates with um, a camp, if you will. And so we all went into this field, and we all slept on pool rafts um, because that was like an air mattress you could fly overseas with. And so we all inflated our pool rafts in this field. It was like Catholic Bonnaroo, and the Pope comes, and he does this big procession the night before. It's called the Vigil, and he's up there, and they give talks, and they have a whole orchestra, like a 300-person orchestra and chorus and everything. And the music's just wonderful, and they're all Adoration. Adoration. um, It's just beautiful. Didn't they have it in America? Was it when did it happen? Was it Denver? Right? Denver in '93. For some reason, when I think of the one in Denver, I don't know why. Maybe I saw it on social media. The fact that the Pope referenced something about like technology, but as far as using that in the faith, yeah. Um, what can you all test to that as far as the Actually, social media cardinal, of our diocese? Um, Pope, or was it a cardinal? Oh, uh, Pope uh, Paul VI, by Vatican II, that he said that the in the year 2000, whoever had the 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 media yeah. would have. You know, a, a great opportunity to communicate the faith. And wasn't it Pope Benedict the Sixteenth that sent his first tweet out like this on an iPad? Yes. Like he just pwned. Yes, he <laughs> he's a rock star when it comes to using technology in the church. Um, people don't know this, but there's actually a day, one day a year, called World Day of Communications, hmm. and the Pope gives this wonderful address. And in 2009, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth said that we have to. It's imperative for Catholics to go out, and he called. Um, you know, the social media land and websites and all that. He called it the great digital continent. And we mm-hmm. have to be missionaries and pioneers in that continent. And when you see folks like Bishop Barron and some of these people, you which know, is just pretty incredible. All my phenomenal. friends just love it to death. Right. Yeah. And so he's done an excellent job of going out there. And so we're doing that here at the diocese as well. We um, created Three Minute Theology. We have um, podcasts that are launching next week with the seminarians. Um, We have just uh, we have over 10,000 followers. But no, we're actually the um, third most followed diocese in the country per capita. So that's a pretty cool thing. We just did the the stats on that. So Nashville's rocking. Wow. Yeah. And then we have Catholic, uh, Nashville Catholic Radio as well. Yeah. That now is part of the diocese in a more concrete way. 
Yes, it became a member corporation of the diocese, and so now we are working with a wonderful new team. Um, we have our assistant director, Hovita, and she's going to take it to a whole new level. Mm. And um, it's both airwaves and online, and we're just doing everything we can to get the good news out there. It's amazing how people eat up the backing track, too, is, is to I say eat up, but just all the content, like from Bishop Barron, and, and obviously Father Mike Schmitz, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't go a day without hearing somebody say on Facebook, I saw that, yeah. and just soaking it all up. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of our um, great Catholic apostolates have done a wonderful job. Word on Fire, Ascension Press, um, just everybody's really pitched in and, and moved the needle. And I think that's something that we have to do in the Catholic Church. But everybody has become a shopper of what they like. And so when you do that, you become a picky child, essentially. Mm. And so for the truth of the Catholic faith to insert itself into that world, it's really, like Benedict said, imperative that we have to be there. We have to say this is a truth. Mm. And um, it's difficult, and it's not going to be nice all the time, but we have to be that light in the darkness. That's the problem with the Internet, I guess, and the the dumpster fire of Twitter, how something is immediately... Yeah, and, and, and everybody now feel that they have a voice. You know, you can, you know, if a bishop or somebody say something, you can at the same time say, no, you're wrong, you know, or whatever. Or, right. But then at the same time, that comes with a lot of, you know, like I would say my mom, would you say you say something like that to a person face to face? Probably not, you know. So no. it kind of allowed people to say whatever they want. And, you know, it's open, open up in a sense it's good. But at the same time, it's like, do you understand what you just said right here? Like, let's let's you know, let's agree to disagree, or you know, let's be kind with each other. Yeah, and that's where I think um, we need a new generation of young philosophers and theologians to really break things down for us. I know in our ministry to the world, we we look at, at what we do through the three transcendentals, and we ask ourselves: Is it good? Is it beautiful? And is it true? Because those three transcendentals, no matter what kind of human you are, no matter whether you're far left, far right, dead center, wherever, those are attractive to you. And wow. so religious you, or non-religious, exactly. I hear it all the time. Right. And that's what Barron uses a lot. Bishop Barron is, um, you know, we have to look at things and, and people are just, it's a philosophical fact that you're attracted to those three things. So how can we mm. propose the faith with those tools? Mm. Um, changing the subject here, what, what was your, your job and your duties like pre-virus? Like, what, what would a typical year be like or the, as the seasons go through? Yeah, so... With a lot of in-person events, I'm assuming. Right. When we first found out about the corona lockdowns and what was going on with that, we were like, okay, for centuries, the church's job has been to bring people together, and now we can't. So uh, what do we do with that? We did a couple... Um, uh, we did Summit Music City via uh, Instagram a couple of times, and that was well-received. Um, but then we saw the, the – and what we're struggling with now is people now have a condition called screen fatigue. Screen fatigue. Are you serious? What? Wait, hold right. on. Talk about this. I've never heard of this. <clears throat> so screen fatigue, and especially with uh, young people – they're being told to sit in front of a screen for seven hours instead of going to school physically. And so they are tired. Like it's wild to see, especially with the high schoolers um, because they're getting into the trouble that I and my peers got into in high school before screens were a thing Um, because now they're sneaking out at night and they're doing stuff because the screens kind of hypnotize them for so long. 
Um, but now that they have to take so much of it in for their schooling and whatnot, they don't want to have anything to do with a cell phone oh or an iPad and um, that screen fatigue. They just want to have normal 3D human interaction, and they're hungry for it. And yeah. it's, it's kind of like that, that book by C.S. Lewis, The Silver Chair. They've broken out of that hypnosis. So that's kind of a beautiful side effect of this pandemic. Yeah, I mean, we were doing theology on tap again back in people like, the first question, is this going to be something that is in person? Hmm. Yes. Okay. I will go. If it is online, I, I'm done. People are. T- yeah, because that's what they. I mean, that's how they're working. That's how they're going to school. That's so they they seeking. And I think in a way, it's a good thing for us because I think they are being really um, picky on what they choose to do. So it's like I know that I can go on all, but how can I do this? You know, like and they are being intentional on what they go and everything. So I think it's a it's a good thing for us. So we just have to. Make sure that whatever we do, it's in, you know, of course, with all the diocesan uh, uh, COVID 19 guidelines and everything. So mm. it's bizarre to me just has the exact opposite. Usually, be you still want to stay inside the whole time and think, no, it's 100% easier not to do anything at all than to, than to actually go out and do something. Um, but how nonstop is it for you here? Is it around the clock, even amidst the virus right now, just what, what you're doing with the diocese? Well, the diocese is, we came back mid-May and um, most of our colleagues uh, were back then, but I think we're all back now. And um, it, it's just been, we're reopening our churches and people have missed the sacraments. People have missed um, being together in community. And so like Father G said, we're still doing that socially distanced and wearing masks and, and being safe and following the protocols. But um, it has been nonstop here. Um, you know, people are, some people, you know, friends and family that I know, they've kind of had the, the ability to coast a little bit during the pandemic. You know, their bosses mm-hmm. aren't chirping at them and they're not, you know, at the office. Um, I, I talk, joke with my colleagues, a lot of us worked harder during the pandemic yeah. because there was more to do and we had to do more outreach and be more and, and you know, crafting texts and emails. And we launched the texting service and, and just checking on people, some parishes in our diocese, uh, even called every member of the church, wow. like literally took the time to make that contact because a lot of people were suffering and we didn't know it. Speaking of missing mass and the sacraments, I'll never, I saw a post just recently of, of someone taking a picture of the, the cathedral on Palm Sunday was just, uh, how sad it was or, or just unreal. That was just like a couple of cameramen and, and the priests uh, but how this, this person was right there watching it, like this close to the Eucharist, but couldn't, couldn't receive it. I don't know, Father, what are your thoughts and just how hard that is for someone it, to... Yeah, and it's, I think that, you know, with the whole online mass and everything, because mass is a communication, you know, we communicate with God and we communicate with each other. So even the homilies, you know, it's kind of hard to talk to a cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no interaction, there's no, you know, and... Uh, it's it's kind of as you preach and you, of course you prepare yourself and everything, but it kind of you need that feedback when people kind of shake their heads or you know or smile or whatever. And it was really hard to you know, mm. basic say mass to a cell phone or whatever. Mm. That's one sign, and the other thing is like the church didn't stop. You know, yes, the church is there. You know, when the priests were saying masses, and it was a it was a pretty interesting uh, Holy Week this year. You know, with yeah, I think the max that we had in the cathedral was like maybe twelve people. You know, including camera people and all that stuff. But it was not really, you know, anybody participating. And for one side, we can be really glad that through technology, people were able to participate. I mean, we had the uh, Sunday morning um, 
mass from the cathedral on uh, Fox 17. And that was the biggest uh, audience they ever had in that spot. Wow. Yeah, they said it rivaled American Idol's um, ratings back when American Idol was on Fox 17. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> and that was a Sunday morning. You know, so, you know, and so all that kind of stuff is a blessing that we are able to do this. And, and mm. you know, some dioceses are kind of taking the, the uh, mass excuse, uh, the... It's dispensation, dispensation mm-hmm. back, you know, because people need that. You know, people need to get back to church. Mm. And, and, you know, of course, if you are, uh, you know, elder or what, yes, you are dispensing all that stuff. But the Eucharist is the center of the, of, of, of the church. Mm. So we cannot not have that. You know, we have to get back to that. We have to. And I think a lot of people were concerned about, oh, people are just going to, you know, not coming. But I think that, People are hungry. Yeah, you know, people are hungry for for the Eucharist because now more than ever they discovered that is indeed the summit and source of our life. Wow! When you don't have it, you realize yes. it in your daily life. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, I just I received a text message from somebody, uh, and he was saying, "You better stop with this whole dispensation thing because we need the mass. Wow. You know, we need the." We need the we need the mass. We need the sacraments. I was like, well, we never really closed the church. You know? No, it's here. And I mean, at the cathedral, and I was talking to Bishop Spall the other day, and he said how blessed the diocese of Nashville is because even throughout the whole COVID and all the quarantine, our churches were open for adoration. Our churches were open for confession. I mean, I, even throughout the worst part of of COVID, we had confessions every day at the cathedral from mm. four thirty to five thirty. So. It was there, you know. In the beginning, it was kind of freaking out because, you know, we went through a lot of phase of COVID. Oh, if you touch, you're going to get in. So uh, between each person, you're going to, like, spray the, yeah. the door handles and this and that. But, yeah, we were there, and, you know. And I think the biggest thing I was talking one day, so I got a little bit frustrated about, you know, this. I was like, I don't care if I get COVID or anything. I just don't want to give it to anybody, you know. Hmm. It was just the whole I had a wedding. And the bride and groom like, oh, Father, how about that? You know, how about the masks? And I said, well, we're going to wear the masks. Like, oh, Father, please. And I said, you know, I'm pretty sure that you guys don't have COVID. I don't know about it. You know, I'm pretty sure you guys don't have COVID. But if I have, I don't want to pass to you. And the bride like, oh, my gosh, I never thought about this. Yes, we're going to wear masks. I'm like, good. You know, that's <laughs> kind of helping people to understand. They're like, yeah. yeah, that's not a... I think it's a beautiful realization, too, as you mentioned earlier, that someone said that we need the mass. And then it must be something you'd realize, too, even before the virus, or I guess now, present day, is how it's something that you really need. And yep. Uh, Bill, I'm curious to ask, what are your thoughts on life as you just, like, had another birthday here? Do you see yourself just taking it a day at a time and just seeing how life presents itself? Like, now you're at 10 years of the diocese. I don't, what are your thoughts? You know, my family's been through some, some difficult times, and um, we've all stuck together, and we've all seen what's really important in life. And um, 2020, if anything, I think uh, I was helping Bishop Spalding with some of the scripting for his Titans radio spots. And Which one are of, amazing, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and one of them we did on on looking back, and I, I mentioned hindsight earlier and everything being 2020 in hindsight. But I think 2020 has given the world a perfect vision, if you will, of what's really important. And, you know, no matter what we go through, um, I love that song, Oh God, Beyond All Praising, mm-hmm. that's, you know, often in a lot of big liturgies for the diocese. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and, and it talks about no matter what happens, we'll still get up and praise you, Lord. And so I think that's what we have to do is no matter what happens today, no matter what happens tomorrow, no matter what happened 10 years ago, take each day, one, one day at a time, um, you know, get up, say a glory be, thank God for the day and, and just live in the blessing that is that day. And yeah, I get frustrated and ticked off and, you know, I cuss a little from time to time. Because we're human though. Right. right. We're not supposed to be perfect. <laughs> right. But I think, you know, people get anxious about the future and people get anxious about what's coming their way. Um, but God never takes something out of your life without giving you something more um, greater than what he took out of your life. And so that's um, a, a good way to look at the world is like, no matter what happens today, God's, God's going to be generous. And our God is generous, you know, time and time again. So mm. look forward to that generosity. Bishop Spalding talks about that. Too often we get stuck in the mode of scarcity scarcity and like, oh, I don't have enough. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough love in my life. But think about all the the, the generosity in your life and you'll really be changed by that. What, and, a, what a way to live. And I think, Father, you mentioned this in a previous episode too, just like that you're going to have days or a period of days like where you're just quote unquote not feeling it or where, where it's going to be hard sometimes. I think we talked about that with either relationships or marriage, like, or just who you are as a person that you're going to have one day or a series of them or it just might not work for you. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Just yeah, like and I think it's like, how, how do I see the blessings that I have on that day? You know, how, yeah, I mean, we are blessed. We are blessed, and we just have to understand that. And and when we are in the middle of the storm, it's really hard to see that. Hmm. But that's why I think that, you know, and I think we talked about this before, every day before we go to bed, we are called as priests and everybody, every Catholic is, you know, invited to do like a night prayer. In the beginning of the night prayer, you do an examination of conscience. What did I do on that day that wasn't good so I can change? Hmm. What did I do on that day that was good that I can keep going? If we kind of, before we go to bed every day, we kind of look on that and see, how am I? You know, because it's, it's, it's almost like, that is where I am and where I should be. And how can I go? And I was reading the other day, is like, even if you can go 100%, go a little bit close to where you want to be. Mm. Because sometimes it takes, you know, it takes time, you know. Sometimes maybe people, it's hard to forgive, you know, one another. But if I can go a little bit towards where I want to be, that's an improvement. Mm. And then if every day we do that, that's an improvement, that's an improvement. Prayer life is the same way, you know. If we, you know, I want to pray thirty minutes per day. Well, if you don't start with five minutes, probably you're not, never going to get there. Mm-hmm. So how can I every day improve myself and go towards? And I think that's the thing. If we know where the goal is, and the goal is Jesus Christ, we can go and get close to Him every day. To Him every day. Mm-hmm. You know, and then sometimes it's like, well, but you don't understand my life. It's like, yeah, but if whatever it is, and that's why. You know, in the church, we have so many people that can help us. You know, spiritual directors, priests, you know, sisters, people who are older in the faith than us. Go and say, I need help. And it's not that we have all together. I mean, I was talking to somebody yesterday. It's like, don't worry. I'm, I, I still have to go to confession. I still have to go to spiritual director because I do not have all together. Mm-hmm. But then I go to somebody that is... Older, older wiser, getting wisdom. So I can get from somebody, and then I can help somebody as well. So that's kind of, that's the Catholic faith. You know, we are not perfect, but we're here, and we can help other people. You know, there's this this this, this saying, I think it's like a Mexican, well, it started in Spanish, but it is no nobody is so uh, 
poor, that have nothing to give, not so rich, and nobody's not so rich that can't receive anything. Hmm. So we all can give something. We can give ourselves to other people. Hmm. And kind of, kind of the whole payback kind of thing, you know, because somebody helped me, now I'm here to, you know. Somebody was there when, when Bill was um, senior Bill on high school on, on, on search. <laughs> and then now he is there doing kind of, in a way, paying back and helping other people to, to grow in their faith as well. So that's why we're here. That's mm. why, you know, to serve each other, to love each other, and to, you know, care for each other. Mm. Um, Bill, thanks for being here today. We're, I don't know. Do you feel great about where the diocese is headed in the, in the virus now and just what you're doing with your work every day, it sounds like? Absolutely. I think we're every day, piece by piece, it's coming back to um, – we're thawing. I use that word thaw. Um, we're coming out of this this COVID thing, and and you know we may not have it all together, but together we have it all. So we're going to keep on living and proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ, welcoming everybody back to church. Oh, well, I appreciate all your insight, and uh, I guess unfortunately your jokes with Father Javon—they're all right. But, uh, <laughs> you guys are good. Um, thank you all to our listening audience. We hope you like what you heard today. Um, remember, you can always tune in to 100.5 FM. You can listen online at WBOU. Org, or using the TuneIn app, you can say, play Nashville Catholic Radio. Special thank you to Father Gervon, our co-host. My name is Zach Jansen. Thank you for listening to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio. On the next episode of Belonging, we'll talk to Dr. Ryan Hanning, a theologian here in Nashville, spreading the good news of the gospel through his daily life. God is constantly calling out to you. God is constantly revealing to you what his will is. God is constantly telling you who you are, right? You know, especially in those moments when you forget, in those moments when you sin, you know, God is telling you who you are. And, and you know, it's just a matter of learning how to listen and, and learning how to, how to respond participate with this grace. Thursday at 11 a.m. on WBOU, Nashville Catholic Radio.